0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant and Jerry. So it's you just moonwalk right in this joint. Can you moonwalk? No. I think everybody at the Bell House on June 30th knows I can moonwalk. I cannot. I didn't moonwalk. <laughs> But I think you could just base, based on my moves, you could, you could make the assumption that I'm an awesome moonwalker.
0: I've seen your moonwalk. It's, you know, herky jerky. You know, it's that kind of moonwalk that guys like us do. I don't understand. You know, you kind of, it kind of simulates the moonwalk. (laughs) I see. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a echo of a moonwalk. I wouldn't call it smooth and floaty.
1: Oh, I would. Yeah. No, I know, it's not a great moonwalk.
0: That's right. I, I never learned the moonwalk because I didn't try to practice the moonwalk more than like once and I was like, ugh, I can't do that. Oh yeah? Oh, I just bailed on it. Like my brother practiced and got okay at it.
1: Oh, I'm surprised he didn't like to yes. teach, teach it as a class <laughs> for free to children in need.
0: No, he got, uh, he got okay at it. Um, but I just, I don't know if I, I think I bail on things that aren't easy for me.
1: Well, that's definitely a candidate for that.
0: Um, yeah, I think that's a trait I have. I don't like to spend a lot of time on something that I don't think I'm good at. I'm not one that's like, no, man, I'm going to try to moonwalk until I learn it. I see. I was like, nah, maybe I just am not a moonwalker.
1: Don't you, didn't you say you bail on books too that don't like capture your attention at this point in your life? Was that you?
0: I don't think I said that, but I, no, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. But I so would. So you,
1: will you work your way through a book?
0: Well, I'll give it a fair shot. It's been a while since I've bailed on a book, though, because mm-hmm. I would usually just pick good books I like just, that I know are really good. Right. Uh I don't know how long I give a book. How long do you give a book?
1: Uh I will give a book... Two, two pages. <laughs> yeah, but like three or four times. <laughs>
0: Right. Like, what am I missing? Let me try that again. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fair.
1: I just read a book called Head Full of Ghosts, which is pretty neat. It's like a psychological thriller. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. I haven't read a fiction book in forever. And then right now- I I'm, I'm reading uh The Right Stuff. Tom Wolfe. Classic. And it's- so, that. I think Tom Wolfe might be the greatest reporter of all time. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I don't think there's anybody better.
0: Uh, our buddy Joe Randazzo oh, yeah. of At Midnight fame, mm-hmm. people are like, wait a minute, I thought he was at The Onion. No, he's at At Midnight. <laughs> he used to work at The Onion. Uh, he just recommended a book, which I'm really interested in, that I wanted to tell you about. Okay. Because uh, it sounds like it's right up your 1491 alley. Okay. Called it's called? Sapiens. All right. A Brief History of Humankind. Oh, that sounds neat. By Yuval Noah Harari love that guy and the uh it, had, it has a pretty remarkable uh thesis which is that uh humans can humans didn't kill each other off because they can cooperate in large numbers because we have a ability a unique ability animals don't have to believe in things that exist only in our imagination huh like government and money and God. Right. And he said, all of these things allow us to cooperate. Like we talked about in our money episode. Yeah. It's like money has, that paper has no value. We just all agreed. So it's essentially fiction. Right. The the whole concept of money. Right. It's just something we've all agreed on. And he said, is it's this cooperation by believing in these fictional things that is the only reason that humans didn't kill each other off like, you know. Any other weird species.
1: Yeah, I've got to check that out.
0: It it sounds super interesting. Thanks, Joe. He said it was amazing, so.
1: And thank you for relating that.
0: Yeah, I want to, maybe you should read it and just tell me about it. Okay. You still
1: have never read 1491,
0: huh? (laughs) No, man, I'm a fiction reader. I try to, I try to read nonfiction and it's, I don't know, I just like a good fictional yarn more.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm quite the opposite.
0: Like Like... I told you I wanted to be a Civil War buff (laughs) and got one of those huge books that's supposed to be great and I just can't do it. Like the the moonwalk. You don't like fiction.
1: I do like it. It's just for for so much of the time I'm reading for work
0: that. See, I think you would enjoy fiction as a break.
1: Well, that's why I read Head Full of Ghosts. Right. I I was like, I'm reading a fiction book. I need to just like read something different and use my imagination again. And um, it worked. It was like it, it it had an effect on me. What was that? What
0: was it? Yeah, what was it about?
1: <clears throat> it was about a girl who may or may not be possessed, and like how her Ooh. family unravels around her.
0: Is it like pop lit? <clears throat> I don't know if that is. You know, like easy to read. Dean Kuntz and uh, oh no, Risham. no,
1: it was it was a little more literary than that. Okay, Ooh, and I boy. I wish I'm <laughs> sorry to, to the author who. Who wrote the book? I don't remember the dude's name, but yeah, he does a good job.
0: I'm sorry to Dean Koontz and John Grisham all of a sudden.
1: Uh They know, they know what they are. Those guys know what they are. Although Dean Koontz, man, that guy's imagination's fantastic. Sure. And I always assumed that he was better than Stephen King because he could finish a story.
0: I've n- never read a Stephen King book. Chuck, what? I, I don't read a lot of that stuff. Uh, okay. I read one Dean Kuntz book in my early 20s and one night. It's the only time I've ever done that.
1: Well, yeah, that was a good thing about a Kuntz book is you can go through it like crazy.
0: Yep. Started reading it at like eight or nine and I stopped at like five in the morning.
1: But each one is way different than the others. Yeah. I mean, really different. Like, the guy's got a great imagination. You, sh- you should read some of Stephen King's work. Like, I know. He is, uh, he was, he's so unfairly. I was actually talking to Hodgman about this the other day. Yeah. He's like very unfairly criticized as a hack. But he's actually. Is he? Oh, yeah. A lot of people are like, Stephen King sucks. I but if you. That. Just because he's so prolific. Right. And because he very famously has trouble finishing a, a, a story. Oh, really? Yeah. But he's like, nobody can get inside the mind, like the dark side of a person's, the average person's mind better than Stephen King. Yeah. He's just a, he's a great storyteller aside from the ending part.
0: So what's the, the shining is probably the one I should read.
1: Probably not because you're so used to Kubrick's shining oh, right. and it's just so radically the different. Stand.
0: That's the big one, right?
1: That's a big one. I've never read the stand. I would start with the short stories. They're fantastic. All right. Those he can finish. It's the largest. No, what do you sorts. mean, not finish? Like it, just amazing buildup, and then the resolution's okay. like. So he finishes. You, know. you
0: just mean it's okay. Right,
1: right, right. It's it's not left unfinished. It's just the resolution is um the
0: payoff is not so great. Yeah, interesting.
1: And it's still fine, but it's he's so good at building things up that it's almost it would be almost impossible to finish it.
0: I don't know if we should call this beginning uh, <laughs> book talk with Josh and Chuck or padding the episode.
1: You want to talk moonwalk? Yeah,
0: we so, needed a little something though. This is a short one.
1: Well, you were saying that that you were like uh, you just couldn't do it. Yeah, couldn't this do this. Let me let me tell you how I approached the the moonwalk. All right. My left hand was covered in a white glove with sequins sewn on that my mom made for me. Did you really? Wearing the thriller jacket. Wow. Little black pants. Yeah. That's how I moonwalked.
0: Wow. I was still not that great at it. So you were you were in.
1: And this is so in Deep. my wheelhouse. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, w- I wasn't. uh I mean, I listened to pop music, but I was also the uh, an inf- influenced by my well, he's now my brother in law, but the, the general, the general started dating my sister when I was twelve. Oh, okay. So like he was always around. Yeah. And he was like, "You're twelve years old. You need to listen to the Allman Brothers and Leonard Skinner and, <laughs> and Molly Hatchett and Blackfoot and the Atlanta Rhythm Section, and the Doobie Brothers." Yeah. I was like, heck yeah. Yeah, but I also listened to the American Top Forty every week. So I mean, I was an MTV. I was glued to. Sure. So you can't be glued to MTV and not like digest ingest some of that stuff. Sure. But I was never. I never owned parachute pants or sequined anything.
1: But so <laughs> <laughs> that was the only sequined thing I ever owned. But the, that's
0: very sweet that your mom did that.
1: I think so too. That's very. It sweet. was a very sweet gesture. Um, but. I think one of the other reasons the moonwalk spoke to me and I didn't realize it until researching this article, Chuck, that it I was also super into breakdancing at the time. Yeah. And the moonwalk is actually not a breaking move, it's a popping move. But for all but actual breaking and popping dancers, it was the same thing.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't see how it's a poppin' move. I saw that in the article and yeah. I, I couldn't put it together. Because, popping is so herky-jerky, right. and a good moonwalk is so smooth and buttery. Well, so locking is herky-jerky, right? Well, no, popping is, too. Popping is that, like... Yeah, but it's also... I wish we all could see us. <laughs> yes, this is really not good for audio. But it's also...
1: So you know the one where you hold out one hand and make a wave? The wave goes through your sure. body to the other hand? Yeah, yeah. The classic popping. Is it? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll bet the worm's popping. Wrong. The worms of Breakin' move. I clearly don't know. But the average person who's, who's doing these dances is probably popping, locking, and Breakin'.
0: Yeah, it all kind of worked together. at the
1: same time.
0: Yeah. And, and I know we covered breakdancing some in the hip hop episode, uh-huh. but we should do a total uh, breakdance, like give it its full due. Okay. We're going to call it the total breakdance episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we, I mean, we got to cover some of it here because there's, there's, there's such a basis of it in the moonwalk or the moonwalk has such a basis in it, but the moonwalk goes even further back than popping and locking, which we'll talk about in a minute. It goes all the way back to the thirties.
0: Yeah. Should we take a break?
1: Oh man. Yes.
0: All right. Josh just taught me how to moonwalk and now I'm great at it.
1: Yeah, and this. (laughs) I can't remember what that's called, the wave? The wave is where you stand up at a baseball game. So what is this?
0: I don't know. I mean, people that don't know what Josh is doing right now are probably frustrated (laughs) <laughs> but it's that, you know, that move you do where you wave the one arm and it goes to your body and yeah. the other arm waves and then you pass it to your friend.
1: Yes. That's a poppin' move.
0: Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Body popping It clearly doesn't. I don't know what popping means.
1: I think the name's a bit of a misnomer.
0: Yeah. Probably. All right. And by the way, people, we might as well get to this. I'm not going to be able to gush much about Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I'm one of the people that thinks he did bad things in his private life. So if you don't hear me talking about how awesome he is, that's why. Yeah. I have a hard time separating the art from the artist. So well, I just yeah. just want to throw it out there. Man,
1: if you believe that, how could you? Yeah. I'm unconvinced at this point.
0: All right. But, uh, I'm I mean, just seeing my own A. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> good one. A As bunch of people COA. are like, that's what COA means. Yeah. I'm covering my own A, speaking yeah. for myself. Anyway, if you hear a little bit of like callousness in my voice, that's what's why. So uh going back in time, uh it was not invented by that man. It was uh like you said, it goes back to the nineteen thirties. If you look on the YouTubes there are <laughs> like history of the moonwalk, you will see a, a nice video that shows the evolution of this dance. Yeah. Uh, starting with Cab Calloway in the 1930s uh doing something called The Buzz, the great band leader, uh, jazz big band leader.
1: He remains unaccused of anything. <laughs> he was also awesome in the Blues Brothers.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. He was still around for that. That's yeah. right. Forgot about that. About
1: 50 years on.
0: Yeah. Uh So in the 1930s, he did something called The Buzz, and it was a little more herky-jerky and not as smooth. Uh, then there was something <laughs> that this article mentions called The Camel Walk, Which I looked into, or the collegiate walk. Yeah. That like, Sammy Davis Jr. did in this video. I don't think it looks anything like the moonwalk.
1: Uh, not really. I think. You're going
0: forward, first of all.
1: Right, which is a big one. And it's cool. It's a cool move. Sure. James Brown dares Sammy to do it. Sammy's like, all right, I'll do it.
0: And he breaks up laughing. Uh Awesome. So. Boy, could you imagine being in that audience? Oh, man. Sammy Davis Jr. and James Brown on the same stage? I know. Who do we have now? Bieber and uh, whoever else. I don't even know. Him. Bieber and Bieber. <laughs> it's a nightmare group.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, man, we sound old. You're
0: not old because we're trashing Justin Bieber.
1: Guy, yeah, you're just saying. The kid's a jerk. You know, he really has done a lot of stuff to say, to earn that. Yeah, that it's time. not like
0: he's some like super nice guy people are just unfair to. Right. Like, look at some of the videos. Him like peeing in a bucket in a restaurant. Did you ever see that one?
1: No, I heard about that one though. Ugh, What's Satan. wrong with that guy?
0: Well, I think he's just too much wealth and not hmm. enough guidance. Yeah, and, and probably too much booze and stuff. Uh, I think maybe he might be somewhat reformed now. But oh, really? I think he's grown up a little bit, but I don't follow it that closely. You I know. see. Just the pee in the bucket thing. Yeah, that, I mean that was enough to turn me off forever.
1: <laughs> right. Win him back,
0: Justin. Win him back. <laughs> Good luck. So, uh, we were talking about the the, the collegiate walk.
1: walk or the camel walk, yeah. right? So, um, you were saying it doesn't look like a moonwalk. In fact, it looks kind of like a reverse moonwalk, sort of. But the 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 point is, it was it's somebody, Sammy Davis Jr., floating. Their feet are floating a little bit. They appear to be floating while they move. Yeah, uh, all right. So it's related to the moonwalk, right? I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. The one that's like dead on though is Bill Bailey. In
0: 1955. Full-on moonwalks yeah. off the stage.
1: Yeah, in 1955 at the Apollo.
0: Yeah, and there's a great video, and it's at the very end of the video, but I urge you to not just skip to the end because you've got two or three minutes of some sweet, sweet tap dancing, Yeah, which I didn't realize how much I loved until I saw this guy.
1: And he was supposedly trained by Mr. Bojangles himself.
0: Really? Yeah. Maybe that was a real person?
1: Yeah, I don't remember his name, but it was Bojangles.
0: Yeah, I love tap dancing. I didn't know it. I watched this and I was like, man, that's amazing. You should go see Gregory Hines. Is he still doing it? Probably.
1: <laughs> There's no way he's just like, I'm done tapping. Yeah. It was all about hand. tap was life for that guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that stuff's amazing. And what's the guy's name? Uh, I can't remember. That'll. Mikhail Baryshnikov? White no, Nights? Well, I did see that movie. Yeah. Um, no, there was a guy... Uh, Savion Glover? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Like much more recent? Yeah, like mean, mean tap dancer.
1: Yeah. Like he'd just shout insults while he was...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're fat. uh, (laughs) You look stupid. But watch me dance. So Bill Bailey in 1955, like legit moonwalked, And um, it's hard to say, like, he's the guy that invented it because dance, like any art form, is just... Borrowed and changed and morphs along the years. Yeah, to where I don't know that anyone can specifically say like Bill Bailey might have seen it from someone else. I've been like that's a hot move.
1: Yeah, he seems like the type of um, talent that he could have come up with it himself. Yeah, sure. But what's weird, Chuck, is that that's apparently where it went and died. Like he created the moonwalk, and it stopped with him
0: for a while. Sure.
1: No, if you go back in the history of it, the people who popularized the moonwalk didn't know that he had done that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean.
1: So simultaneously, there's also some movement that's similar called the airwalk, but it's mime. Yeah. Like Marcel Marceau's walking against the wind. Very
0: famous mime routine.
1: Where his feet are floating, it's called airwalking, and it's strictly mime, right?
0: Yeah, the difference between that and the moonwalk is that they're stationary. And acting like they're walking forward. Right. And the wind is blowing them, but they're not going backwards.
1: It's, it, but it's also not part of a dance either. Correct. Some weird, mimes don't dance. This is, but this is a weird little thing that I didn't realize. There was apparently a mime. There's a, a period of the 70s where mimes were cool.
0: Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. I mean, I, there was, a, I remember watching Shields and Yarnell as a kid on television, uh. on major network TV.
1: I was all brainstem at the time because I was totally unaware of that.
0: Yeah, I remember, miming was a big deal, and that like I would practice that.
1: Okay, okay.
0: A little bit, so, <laughs> not for years, but yeah, I practice miming.
1: What a bizarre period of American pop culture! Oh yeah, Shields and Yarnell, mm-hmm. this mime couple had a were they two dudes or a, a, no? A, it was a, a man and a woman. Okay, I think they were married. Okay, that um, they they had their own TV show. Oh yeah. Shields and Yarnell was watched apparently by a lot of people, including you. Sure. It was also watched by a dude named Jeffrey Daniel. Yeah, man. Jeffrey Daniel was a great dancer. Probably still is. He is. Uh, not only was he on Solid Gold, he was in the band Shalimar with Jody Watley.
0: Yeah, Jody Watley yeah, and, um, Shalimar was created by the great Don Cornelius of Soul Train. Mm hmm. Uh, R.I.P., I believe. Mm-hmm. Didn't he die a few years ago? Yes, he did. And, uh, Gary Mumford was the original singer. And then on album number two, Gerald Brown took over, like you said, with Jody Watley mm-hmm. of Shalimar fame, I guess. And then later on, her own fame. Yeah. She was, she had her own solo career, right? For sure. And, uh, and this guy, Jeffrey Daniel.
1: Right. So Jeffrey Daniel was dancing in the sheets. Remember that hit? Yes. This great footloose soundtrack song.
0: Dancing in the sheets.
1: Doot, doot, doot. And
0: that, that was the eighties, the eighties stuff. They, you know, came around in the seventies with more disco. It was super disco-y
1: to start with. Yeah. Um, but the, this dude, Jeffrey Daniels, who was in Shalimar, who's also a solid gold dancer, he had a pretty awesome move called the backslide. Yeah. And when you watch him backslide, uh, he's, he's moonwalking. Yeah. It's total, total moonwalk. It totally is. And, um, later on, He was interviewed like, where did you get this? Where, you know, where, where, uh, you know, where did you come up with the idea? Uh He was like, I was super into shields and Yarnell at the time. So miming influenced the backslide, which as we'll find out in a second, directly led to the moonwalk. And we'll get to that finally after this. All right, Chuck, we're back.
0: Yes. Jeffrey Daniel, I watched that interview. That's on the YouTube. It was on a British talk show called Soccer AM.
1: Oh, the 2007 thing?
0: Yeah. They had him on Soccer AM? Apparently it's not just about sports, but they have like comedy bits and pop culture stuff. Okay. Uh, So he was surprised on that show. They showed the clip of, uh, of Bailey. Right. In the, in the fifties. And he was like, what's that? <laughs> He's like, I'd never even seen that. He was surprised to see that someone was legit moonwalking. Yeah. You know. Whatever, fifty something years earlier.
1: Yeah, the same move. Yeah, it's not like oh, that's kind of close. Like maybe the camel walk or um, the buzz, like Cab Calloway. Yeah,
0: it was a moonwalk.
1: It was the moonwalk. But that's what I'm saying. That's what's so bizarre. Yeah, is that this guy invented the moonwalk in 1955, and it began and ended with him, and it took mimes getting a TV show to yeah. create the moonwalk as we understand it today. Like well, what if they could radically have known different about it. Talk about chaos theory. <laughs>
0: You know what I'm saying, though? Like, other people could have influenced the mimes that knew about Bill Bailey. Like, it could have I guess, all been tied. I guess that's maybe.
1: entirely possible. But Marcel Marceau was doing the airwalk as far back as the 30s, before Bill Bailey.
0: Was he around in the 30s? From
1: what I understand.
0: Okay. Which is weird, because... Well, he was pretty old when in the 70s when he hit it big.
1: So, yeah, I think then he was doing it in the 30s. Because that's what this article says. And it, I didn't find anything.
0: Yeah, it said the 30s.
1: I didn't find any footage of
0: him from the 30s like all of it seemed to be from the 70s or early 80s well that, the heyday of mimes also so looked weird. up I was curious why people hate mimes uh-huh. and I did a little research and of course there's no no like definitive thing it's not like a phobia like no but everything I saw came down to a few things they look like clowns yeah and clowns we did a whole episode on that
1: Chlorophobia.
0: and uh, the the silent thing uh-huh. seems to bug people yeah and then just the notion that they're you know, they'll get up all on your face in a park. Yeah. You're out just enjoying your day and a mime will come up and be like, you know, do start doing their, like intruding upon you to do their act. Yeah. Which I don't even know is, could, I don't even know if that's the case. Could
1: do your act over there. Oh,
0: it is. Believe me. Yeah.
1: Mimes. Very intrusive. I like to start <laughs> static. And I finish it.
0: Uh... So, back to Jeffrey Daniel. He's dancing on Soul Train. He's dancing on Solid Gold. There's another couple of dancers named, uh, Jeron Casper Candidate. Yep. Great name. And Derek Cooley Jackson. J-A-X-S-O-N. Another cool name. And they were moonwalking around or backsliding around. And so all these dudes were basically kind of laying the foundation for what the moonwalk would come to be. It got real. Like, even if you watch Bailey's, it's a legit moonwalk, but it's not as smooth as Daniel ended up doing it. Yeah. You know, right. Like when you see him on solid gold he like, that's one of the smoother moonwalks you'll ever see.
1: And he, he probably debuted it for, for the first time in American history on TV. Uh, on top of the pops in 1982. That's the one I was talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so smooth. So, um, and he, people thought he was cheating.
1: Yeah, they're like, is the floor oiled or something? Like, what is that? Hey, what but kind of witchcraft
0: just, are we watching? <laughs>
1: right, it blew everybody away, right? Yeah. But everybody's, no one knew who this guy was really. He was a solid gold dancer at the time. Everybody knew who Michael Jackson was. Sure. So, in a, about a year later. Almost exactly a year later, um, NBC broadcast this special called Motown 25.
0: Yeah, big retrospective.
1: And it was a huge, huge thing. Um, Diana Ross did her first appearance with the Supreme since 1969. Oh, wow. Marvin Gaye played. Um, I need to see that. There was a battle of the bands between the Temptations and the Four Tops. Who won? Stevie Wonder. Um, I'm sure everybody won. It was like a soccer game. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, uh, Michael Jackson comes out, right? And And people are like, who's he? I mean, he was pretty big at the time. No,
0: of course he was. He was huge.
1: But so was Marvin Gaye and The Four Tops and Stevie Wonder, right? Oh, yeah. Michael Jackson comes out and brings the house down. And one of the reasons he brought the house down was because he was doing Billie Jean, which when the thing came out was the number one song in America. Mm -hmm. But during the dance, he did the moonwalk. And it was the first time basically anybody who'd seen... Uh, had ever seen the moonwalk? Yeah, like uh, like no one in America watching this NBC special had been watching Top of the Pops. Yeah, as they well. may have seen
0: stuff on Solid Gold here and there, but it was definitely like a mind blower for because it was such a widely watched special. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, here's the deal: he was taught the moonwalk. Depends on who you ask. Right. Some people say he sought out Daniel. Said, you teach me. Other people say, no, it was, uh, Casper candidate or Cooley Jackson. But from what I gather, it, it sounds like all those guys eventually worked with him right. over the years as like either, uh, choreographers or choreographers slash backup dancers. So he, he learned it from some or all of those people.
1: Yeah. Like, um, Daniel choreographed like his smooth criminal video. And Cooley and Casper are the dudes who, like, lean with him on other that very famous, like, crazy side lean that he did in the video.
0: Does he do one of those, the lean move?
1: Yes. The, the crazy side lean, I think, is what it's called.
0: Can I you what happened to me yesterday?
1: What, did you do a lean?
0: Well, I was looking at videos on how to moonwalk, tutorials. Okay. Uh, to see if I could get it. And when you watch it slow down and broken down, it's like, oh. Well, I get it. It's not that complex. Right. But it's hard to master, and we'll we'll get to all that coming up. Okay. Like, I'm sure we're going to bumble our way through a description <laughs> about a moonwalk. We always do. But we're going to try. But then I started following into that little YouTube uh vortex of videos, and I saw this guy saying, here's how you do the lean. Right. And I was like, I want to know how to do that, because it's cool. It is. It's like an illusion.
1: It is. Like, and you're like, it's uh, a camera trick, obviously.
0: Well, it's not... It's real. Yeah, you (laughs) Uh, got some strong ankles, right? And there's a guy. Well, I don't. And there's a guy named Robert Hoffman, who it turns out this guy is great. He does these dance tutorials, Mm -hmm. and he's kind of funny and and does it in such a way that it's interesting to watch. Right. And so I encourage everyone to go watch Robert Hoffman's tutorial on how to do the lean. Nice. And he he kind of explains he fully explains the illusion and how to how to do it well. And I look at it, I'm like, oh man, you're about to fall over. Right. And then he pulls it back and I thought, I'm going to practice the lean because that'll be like, I've always wanted to know how to dance, but I'm just not good at it. Yeah. But I want to get like the lean down at least so I can bust that out. Right. At Plus a party. it's just like standing in place.
1: Yeah. But, but- you know, you shouldn't even do it on a dance floor. It's while you're having a conversation <laughs> with somebody, like slowly, slowly just start to lean. Oh, And then so when good. they think you're about to go over, uh-huh. just snap
0: back into place and be like, what? You're totally right. Because I don't go to dance parties anymore. Anyway, what am I right, talking about? Just regular parties. Yeah, I'll just be in the office one day at the, in the kitchen, <laughs> and I'll just do my lean. Oh,
1: he's going to go. Oh, my God, he didn't go over. He stood back up.
0: Oh, man. Um Alright, so where are we?
1: So, uh, we were talking about how there's a, there's a discrepancy over who taught Michael Jackson the moonwalk. Correct. The thing is, is Michael Jackson never claimed to have invented the moonwalk. People just assumed he had. Right. Because he was huge at the time. And he also later said that he didn't know what he, what his dance routine was gonna be for Billie Jean, for this Motown special. I don't know if I buy that. So a lot of people say, well, obviously he just did the spur of the moment or whatever. No, totally untrue. He employed choreographers, and including those three guys, like you said. Yeah. All three of them worked with him as choreographers. Right. Uh, and he also, as far as his sister Janet, I think, says, mm-hmm. they went to see Shalimar at Disneyland yeah. before this and saw... Um, Jeffrey Daniel doing the backslide and said, dude, you gotta teach me that. Right. Here's some money. Teach me the moonwalk. Yeah. Oh wait, it's not called the moonwalk yet. And he also said that he never called it the moonwalk, that it was actually the media that came up with that. Yeah, but he adopted it for for sure.
0: Surely some, I mean, obviously someone named it. Some, yeah, some AP reporters like, I named it. Yeah. It was me. Uh, for what it's worth, Daniel said, besides Shields and Yarnell, that the, the electric boogaloos, Yes. Is who inspired him as well. And I looked up those guys.
1: They're the ones who originated body popping.
0: Yeah. And they were a dance group. And I was looking at one of them and I was like, that's Rerun. Okay. You're talking about locking. Yes. It is Rerun. Yes. He He was was, huge in it. He was a member of the Lockers, which was at one point the Electric Boogaloos. No, those are two different. Well no, at one point they were they were merged.
1: Okay. And then then that's where popping and locking came from because popping yeah. and locking are two different types of data. Yeah,
0: originally they were the electric boogaloo lockers. Okay. And then uh, I guess they d- diverged at one point. Okay. Maybe they were like, I want to lock, I want to pop.
1: <laughs> well the dude who invented locking it was good friends with Rerun. Yeah, and like if you think of rerun dancing, like those wrist twists and the jumps and the suspender stuff, yeah, yeah, that's locking. It totally is. And they were on that dance squad, the Lockers. Uh It was Don Campbell who invented locking. Rerun, and then Tony Basil, the girl who sang
0: Mickey. Oh, Mickey. Yeah. So, if you don't know who Rerun is, you're like, what in the world are you guys talking about? What you oldsters? Um, Oh yeah, it's it was a TV show called What's Happening. About these uh, three friends in South Central LA, yeah, in the seventies. Great show, very funny. Uh, and rerun was one of the characters uh, played by the great Fred Berry, who was in the lockers in the Electric Boogaloo lockers.
1: Yeah, and just go watch. Go type rerun dancing. What's happening? Yeah, and uh, what you're watching is pure locking. One of the great TV theme songs of all time, too. Now, if you throw what he's doing, it really is. Yeah. What instrument was that? Like a klezmer or something? I have no idea. It's it's weird. Yep. But it's a great one. Um, the, if you throw in that, that arm movement, Uh that that wave and the worm. Yep. You've got popping, locking and breaking. Yeah. What people think of as breakdancing.
0: That's right. Pretty amazing. Like we've, I was thinking the other day about how, how in our lifetime, is people our age and there's a range, but we've seen like a comp, like two complete, at least two new complete art forms created mm-hmm. in hip hop music. Right. And that, and break dancing. Right. Created out of whole cloth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And in new sports. <laughs> like what? Like, you know, X games and snowboarding and skateboarding. Oh and yeah, yeah. Like we've like seen these new things created and you always think that well, music is, what else can you do? Right, nothing well, new then, under the sun. I guess techno and all that stuff, that was created as well. Sure. Um, jazz? Well, that was before us. A little. <laughs> but no, it's true. I just think it's pretty neat to look yeah, around. Yeah,
1: no, I know what you're talking about too. You're like, oh, well, there's grunge. Well, grunge is an offshoot of like rock and roll sure. or whatever. But yeah, no. I mean,
0: these were completely new art forms. Yeah. That some people still think are a fad, <laughs> which is funny. Really? Well, you know, you hear like old curmudgeons like, uh, rap was gonna be a fad. Like, no, rap is a <laughs> brand new say. art form and it's <laughs> <Yeah>. here forever. <laughs> yeah. And it changes and morphs and is you know, it's yeah. amazing. It's neat. So uh And we
1: did a hip hop episode. You mentioned that, right? Yeah, it was good, I yeah.
0: thought. For, you know, a couple of schmos like us. I think yeah. we did a pretty decent job. Agreed. Um, all right, so do we need to explain how to break dance? I want to hear you explain it. No, I can't. You mean moonwalk? Oh, what I, yeah? What to say? Break dance. Break dance. Yeah, yeah. We need to say how to moonwalk. Okay, so go ahead. Take it away, Chuck. Well, you're the one who does it so well. All
1: right, all right, all right. You ready? Yeah. So you start. Uh, first of all, you want to take off your shoes and put on some socks mm-hmm. on a nice uh, slick floor. Yeah. Don't try to do it on like um, uh, uh, pine bark.
0: No. Maybe pour yourself a vodka gimlet. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's the that's the drink of the moonwalk, right? Uh-huh. So. Um, You, you are on a slick floor wearing socks Mm -hmm. and you stand straight up and down. Right. Mm -hmm. And you take your right foot and you put it out in front of you with your foot flat on the floor. Okay. Okay. Bend your left knee and go up on the ball of your left foot. Okay. Okay. Now, holding yourself in place with just your, the ball of your foot, all of everything is on whatever foot you have up the ball of whatever foot you have up yeah take a sip of that gimlet <laughs> right maybe another one too uh-huh. i need one now uh and then you drag your foot back the foot that's on the floor and as you drag your right foot back past your left yeah you drop your left angle you, you drop your left he- heel and raise your right that's right and then you repeat the same process and you're floating there's the moonwalk. A.K.A. the backslide. You're pretty square if you call it the moonwalk these days. We had to title this episode Moonwalk because we wanted everybody to know what we were talking about. But it's called the backslide. Okay?
0: That is correct. And uh, I watched a tutorial, which the guy who did the tutorial actually wasn't great at it. Um, <laughs> like, he he had it down, like, how to teach you. But when he did it, I was going, eh, that's not great. Was it Steve Brule? No. <laughs> God, that would be great. I just think the guy had the wrong shoes on, personally. Oh. Uh... But, um, I'll
1: bet that's what he blames it on too. The
0: thing he stressed for a good moonwalk is a long stride, which is where you're lacking, if I can be honest.
1: Oh, am I doing it too, too short? Yeah. Okay.
0: Long stride, Josh. Okay. Um,
1: I didn't realize you'd had so many formed opinions about my moonwalk. <laughs> uh,
0: that foot that you're keeping flat. Yeah. Needs to be so, so flat. To, yeah. to create the illusion.
1: Right. What, what am I doing?
0: I'm not talking about you now. Oh, okay. Your foot was pretty good and flat. Yeah. It's your stride.
1: I pretend like it's dead. Like my foot is dead. Oh, that's good. When I drag it.
0: Uh, and then when you, when you go to switch feet, he said you really just snap them both real hard to create that illusion. Yeah. Like a good, a completely synchronized simultaneous snap up and down with those two feet. Right. Your long stride, keep that foot flat. Keep that vodka gimlet flowing, yeah, and you're going to be moonwalking in no time.
1: And then you can also, because what you're doing is, it's supposed to look like you're walking while you're moving backward. You're walking forward, but moving backward.
0: Yeah, that's the definition of the moonwalk.
1: So you can, um, you can like add your arms swinging, sure, lean like your tilt, tilt your body forward yeah, a little bit if you're real good. Michael Jackson used to like move his head up and down uh-huh. in rhythm to his walking or whatever. Yeah, and it adds to the effect. Totes. Shalomar.
0: I feel like I kinda should try it. Try it right now. Well, I'm not gonna do it now. You don't have a vodka gimlet? Nope. <laughs> are you got anything else? I need to go get some cocktail onions. <laughs>
1: Those are great. Gibson onions?
0: Oh is that a Gibson I'm thinking of? Yeah, What's but it? that's gimlet a gimlet is the lime juice? Yes. Rose's lime. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh if you want to know more about vodka gimlets, you can type that word in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said gimlet, it's time for Listener Mail.
0: Uh, before Listener Mail, mm-hmm. this is, uh, I'm going to call this correction time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we need like
1: lullaby music.
0: We do. So, uh, you know, we have corrections on the show from time to time. This was sort of a big one because we really goofed on the uh, Gettysburg Address episode. Mm-hmm. Um and boy, did we hear about it! Mm-hmm. Remember how I said I wanted to be a Civil War buff? <laughs> I don't anymore. You
1: had, a, you had a rough start to your career as a Civil War buff. Yeah,
0: they're not nice people, as it turns out. No one on the internet's a nice person. No, I was. I was just very surprised that people got angry that we messed something up. no not, did not just like? So,
1: what did we mess up? We said fifty thousand dead. It was fifty thousand total casualties. Is that what it was?
0: So we messed up and said mistaken. Casualties for dead, when in fact casualties is dead, missing, or wounded. Okay. Um, and then we also said that, uh, well, we were talking about the percentage of the army, like it was this much a percentage of like 25% yeah. of the Union Army and, yeah. 30, and a third of Lee's uh, Army. Right. But it was just for the Army fighting in that battle, not the total Union Army uh, and the total Confederate Army. And we very specifically were like... Oh, we were, huh? Yeah, this is for the entire army. So uh, we got a little excited yeah. and a little ahead of ourselves. Well, clearly we're the most evil people of the century. Yeah. So very sorry about that, uh, Civil War buffs, you, you know.
1: No, don't ever contact Chuck again. <laughs> Please. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, listener mail now? Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read this one. Hey, guys. Great podcast. I especially like how you pointed out uh he was talking about the bogus studies, like how to do good research. I especially liked how you guys pointed out the pressure when you're an understudy to do studies that support the current theories of your employer. Without getting into a ton of detail, I've been there and I left research altogether because I became pretty disillusioned with it all. Uh, One thing you did not mention is that entire industries get erected based on the results of a few initial studies. Uh, The sexiness of the studies aside, uh, which is what you talked about. If a researcher does a good job and does not show anything or has a negative study, their funding is often at stake. Uh, from my personal experience, this is the largest basis for bias. Whoa, that was a mouthful. It's hard to say when you're missing a tooth. Sure. Um, research uh, Researchers become heavily vested in being right from a FACE perspective, F-A-C-E, and a monetary perspective. We don't uh, really recognize, uh, realize this because the scope and the impact of the studies are usually small. But uh, that researcher who suddenly lost all their grants is a pretty high price to pay for being ethical. Uh, I don't really have any answers to how to clean it up, uh, but science is contrarian and by nature anti-consensus. Instead, we have a system that rewards, only rewards reinforcement. Good researchers have to be allowed to say, you did this great study and found nothing without the fear of losing grant money. Amen. That's from Trevor.
1: Thanks, Trevor. That was very uh, illuminating and enlightening. Very erudite. Yeah. How do you say that? Yeah. Erudite.
0: Really? <laughs> I do
1: Okay. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us like Trevor did, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at As always, join us at home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For
0: more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.